From the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between, this is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. Here we go. It's another, it's a uh, late, 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 late night edition, or do we want to go with after dark? We'll just say it's inside Texas, hashtag Texas high school soccer after dark. Uh, We're ready to go. A wild, long day in Georgetown. Rafa, how are you, buddy? Pretty good. Yeah, are you awake over there, man? Yeah, that's like I said. Um, that's uh, just a late night edition. Great, <laughs> bark, bark at the moon and, yeah. and talk about some soccer. <laughs> how how bark at the moon? All right, yeah, I like that. Okay, awesome. So good stuff, man. Uh, I appreciate you not showing me up today with the long, you know, the long hair showing up the long, <laughs> you know, the long hairdo and everything. Um, so yeah, man. So that's awesome. I appreciate that. So. Crazy, crazy, crazy day. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, we had the uh, 5A kicked off today. So we'll look at that. 5A girls uh, started off the day. Uh, then the then we were treated to an absolute classic in uh, the 4A girls final, which the, you know, the which was ultimately the matchup. I know I had been in speaking with you going back mm-hmm. to probably what maybe mid-February was mm-hmm. the, the matchup that I was screaming for and we got it and I know a lot of people as we started as, as we started progressing closer and closer to the playoffs and then as the playoffs started more people started seeing it's like hey this this is maybe a matchup that you know would be uh, a, a set would set up for a, for a classic and sure enough that's what it was and we'll get into that today between Salina and Midlothian Heritage in the 4A girls final and then the nightcaps, which uh, we wrapped up the night with both the 5A boys semifinals, uh, which just ended about, I think, what, 30 minutes ago, 35 minutes ago. So, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll go ahead and we'll take a look at all of that today. Uh, but initial thoughts before we start diving into uh, specific games. Yeah, uh, just a crazy day with five games <laughs> playing in, in one field. The squeeze in everything starting at nine thirty, and then just finishing off at ten. So I, th- I think maybe the UIL really kind of ready to think, hey, maybe we need to play it at two stadiums, the semifinals. So that way we'll be up too late, so we won't have the late edition <laughs> for next year. Yeah, yeah, that'd be uh, that would be ni- that would be nice of them, but uh, yeah, I don't know. So uh, yeah, I mean. 
late night. Here we are, but hey, we said we we talked about we're going to go ahead. We're going to cover these games every day, and uh, we're going to do these recaps every night, uh, with the exception of so um, Saturday Saturday's uh, championship day. We will not do a recap on that day. We will come back on on Sunday on Easter Sunday. It'll be a special uh, special edition where, where we will recap the five A and six A finals for both boys and girls, and just kind of a look back at the season that was as well so on the uil side talk a little bit of taps and then we'll get ready we'll start looking forward to uh to next season to a a special reclassification year right realignment year i should say so uh so yeah a lot of exciting stuff so awesome so let's let's dive in right away right off the bat so we started off the day 9 30 a.m our first 5a girls semifinal between magnolia and frisco wakeland thoughts there well like I said, Bernie Champion knocked off the defending state champion, Dripping Springs girls. So, you know, I'm sure they're feeling pretty good going into this game because, you know, when you knock off a state champion, you know, you're, you know, you're going to get that energy to tell, hey, we can beat anybody that, that you know, that added that, you know, thought mindset. And then the other game, like I said, with the other girls game, the Magnolia and Frisco, your typical Dallas versus Houston area showdown and, you know, bragging rights as far as for the, for the metropolitan area. So, you know, that was, that was going to be one of the intriguing games, you know, going into the, to the semifinal. Yeah. And, you know, you know, so we start off, we look at this one, this was the first, again, we talked about it, it was the first match of the evening and uh, it was a relatively, you know, relatively tight one. Magnolia, People were like, hey, they were, dare I say, the upstarts, the ones that were on a, making a great run. Uh, and, a, you know, a, a squad that that I had been big on that I was hoping to see make this run. Uh, so it was great to see them there. Um, some people would say it's like, hey, was there was the moment either too much for them or was it kind of a, hey, we're just we're just happy to be here. And I don't think that was the case because they showed up, you know, uh, game was so it was one. 1-0 at halftime, Frisco Wakeland, and 50 minutes in, it was a tight one. You know, it was a tight one. It was Magno- Magnolia was hanging in there, playing tough, um, and then all of a sudden, the uh, they get one goal. Uh, Wakeland gets uh, their second goal, I should say, in the 50th minute, followed by another goal one minute, exa- literally one minute later in the 51st minute. And but with that second goal in the 50th minute, you kind of got the sense. In reading the body language, that that was the that was the one that broke uh, broke the game open, if you will. Um, so yeah, that second goal kind of just seemed to have really deflated a Magnolia squad that was that was playing tough, playing you know that was hanging in there, but was also playing an awful lot in their defensive third. Yeah, and that and usually when you're playing there for. for you know, a lot of time, you know, unless you're athletic on the Madrid, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you know, you're going to have some cracks and you're going to wore out and, or, or the other team is going to figure out, you know, how to get around, around that. And you got to give it a Frisco Wakeland. I mean, for the, well, the girls, they, like I said, they've been there, they've done that. And they, they didn't, you know, they weren't on phase with a tight gain and they were able to get things together and, you know, end up, you know, getting that second goal that really kind of, like you mentioned, broke the camel's back and just took, took control and took it from there. 
So, you know, that, that comes with experience and been, you know, having the tradition of making these type of runs each year, being in the state playoff, you know, state tournament. So, and then especially with the coaching staff that's been there too, you know, you, you already have, like I said, there's no room for panic. You know, they, they've been there, done that. And, and I think that was the edge that they had over Magnolia for today. Right. Yeah. And, and I think it was just, it, it was hard for, um, yeah. I mean, like you said, with Magnolia, it was just, you could tell they were, they were putting forth great effort, but they were also having to put great forth effort just to try to get the ball, you know, out of their defensive third through the midfield and try to create something in their, in their attacking third. But there was never really a clear, there was never really any true clear cut scoring opportunities. Yeah. And, and one of the things I'm going to, when it, when it, when that happens, you know, you know, you get frustrated. That's when you start making mistakes, and and that's when the you know if you're not able to impose your your your, your style or your, run your offense, it's going to throw everything off. And you know they may not have the experience to kind of you know battle out of that, and you know and, and make those modifications during the game, just of what Wakeland did. You know and that's going to spell doom for your team. And, and and like I said, you saw the end result. You know Wakeland kind of poured it on towards you know. In that second half, so, uh, but you know, looking, I think Magnolia will look back on this and they say, "Hey, you know what? You know, we made it. We learned from this, and if we can get come back again next year, we know what we need to do, you know, as far as to take control of games and so forth." So they're gonna get a lot. Of, they're gonna gain valuable experience out of this. Right. Right. So yeah, congratulations to uh, the Magnolia Bulldogs on a great season. They finish. 24-2-2 on the season, so congrats to them. Uh, Frisco-Wakeland will move on. Uh, they will advance to the 5A girls final, which is slated for 11 a.m., and they will be uh, making an attempt to win their third state title. So best of luck to them. So in our second matchup, the other half of the uh, the 5A bracket was, uh, was trying to be determined. Uh, the 5A girls semifinal between Grapevine and Bernie Champion. Grapevine came in. 21-2-1 on the year, Bernie champion, 23-3. and And again, as we talked about last night, coming in with that, uh, I don't know, just that kind of, I guess you could say that massive weight lifted off their shoulders, but also with a lot of eyes on them after that huge win over the defending state champion and what, what clearly looked was looking unbeatable in uh, Dripping Springs. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on this one? Well, I think Grapevine knew going into this game that you know they're gonna had a they had to play pretty much a, a perfect game in order to win this and and they knew that if they fell behind or gave or kept this team around, you know it, it, it was you know they it could come you know come back to haunt them as far as you know losing the game and like I said that's what happened with Dripping Springs and. When you knock off a state champ, you know you're gonna have that confidence going into any game. Say, hey, we can beat anybody, and in and that's I think that was on the mindset of a grapevine going to this, and I'm sure they didn't take them lightly. And you know, like I said on the Brady side, you know, say, like, hey, you know, we're, we're ready to go. I think they said this could be, you know, if, if this if this is our destiny, knocking out the state champ, and we, we may not, you know, go in and get into the final, and win it at all, you know. And it it, it take it takes that one game to to really open the doors for you. So this is like said, another intriguing matchup, but I think, I think Grapevine was the one that's was very being very cautious of this, you know, as far as like, Hey, you know, we can't take these, 
this team lightly. We need to take care of business. If not, we're going to end up in the same boat like like Dripping Springs. Yeah, so, you know, and, and of course, if they didn't already have their attention, then champion, Bernie Champion definitely had their attention when they took the lead about four, 13, 14 minutes in mm -hmm. with the first goal. So Champion takes the lead 1-0, uh, uh, and then Grapevine responds uh, later in that half with two goals of their own in a span of three minutes, uh, both at, with 13 minutes, I believe it was, 13 minutes remaining and 10 minutes remaining in that first half. And the the uh, odd thing, if you will, about those two goals were where they came off of some super long throw-ins. So shout out to a couple of our of Grapevine's uh, their their throw-in specialists because they were heaving that ball. I mean, we saw it multiple times. Mm -hmm. uh, there was another opportunity that came right before the half as well, but um, they were set up. These the two goals were set up by these incredible heaves of throw-ins that were about 25, 30 yards apart. Um, so that was clearly an indication that somehow it, it had kind of it threw through Bernie Champion uh, for a loop a little bit in terms of trying to adjust to defend that. And uh, and they did adjust to that ultimately. But I think they just got caught uh, with just two perfect throw ins. And you could tell that the great the grapevine players on the receiving end of that they were they were obviously used to their teammates uh, having that that capability to heave that ball. Uh, as, as far as they did. So so they win. All of a sudden, champions' uh, momentum is gone, and it, they go in. They go into the half down with Grapevine leading 2-1 to one at the half. Second half, Grapevine comes out, and they just they add to those two goals with three more in a, in a span of five minutes, and they rattle off five unanswered goals. Next thing you know, the score is 5-1. to one. Yeah, and... You know, and that happened, like I said, yesterday with a couple other games yesterday. You know, you're thinking, okay, we're still in it at the half. And then, like I said, they must have found something in the Bernie, you know, to get around Bernie's defense. Because, like I said, Bernie's defense has been stingy all year. And they figured him out. Like I said, hit, you know, they hurt him with the with the throw-ins. And, like I said, hey, let's, let's hurt him with something, you know. You know, they must have found something to be able to exploit during the, you know, during those first 40 minutes and to score those goals in that little window, you know, really shows uh, what, what that, that coaching staff was going in very prepared, you know, into that, into that. And then, you know, once you, you know, like for, for Bernie, you know, once that happened, you know, it, it was basically, you know, kind of like quicksand couldn't really get out of that because, right. you know, they were, they didn't know how to, to make that adjustment to stop that. And, and you know, and then and that happens in games too. You know, you're, you know, you end up getting. I'm to sound bad, but you end up getting routed. But you know, goals will fall into bunches, and and we mm -hmm. saw that yesterday. You know, same thing with the, with the Bernie boys doing that to, you know, to to Stafford. You know, Stafford probably felt good. Yeah, hey, we're we're close. We're in the game, and all of a sudden, it's 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 out of reach. Yeah, so then Champion responds with a goal with about I want to say it was a think about a thirty yard uh, thirty yard free kick uh, gets one back to make it five to two, and then within two minutes, Grapevine comes right back, bags another uh, to make it six to two, and then Champion responds, gets another one late to make it six to three, and uh, so yeah, it was it was a wide open game, uh, and you could just tell that 
it was grapevine was just being able to pick their spots a little bit better grapevine was able to create more more separation on the on the wings all right they were able to separate themselves a little bit more and play those danger balls and find players that that were free making making those runs uh towards goal uh so yeah so you final score ended up being six to three grapevine grapevine advances uh and the interesting thing was it came from that trio for Grapevine. It came from that trio of uh, of their scorers, right? And Sam Larson, Kasten Merrill, and Teresa McCullough, they all finished with two goals apiece uh, along with, I want to say, I think they had, it was four or five different players with assists as well. So uh, a very well executed game plan by the Grapevine Mustangs. So uh, the Grapevine Mustangs, they will advance to play, to face Frisco Wakeland in uh, Saturday's 5A girls final, which this match is slated for 11 a.m. It's the first match of the day there at Berkelbach. Um, congratulations to the uh, Bernie Bernie champion chargers on a great season. They, they finished the year 24 and three. And uh, I mean, what can you say? Making a run uh, to the state tournament and, you know, knocking off, uh, you know, not knocking off Goliath, if you will. And uh, in the process, and 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 it's hard to gauge, right? This was the, I think Coach Walters obviously had them prepared, but was it was it just that much of a, did it take that much of a toll on them to get past uh, Dripping Springs? Yeah, and usually, like I say, a game like that will if you knock off a heavily favored team, just the the adrenaline, the momentum, you know. You know, sometimes it doesn't continue on after after that game and so forth. But you know, but you got to give them kudos. You know, they Absolutely. they fought back. You know, and then it seemed like I said during their district, it didn't seem they didn't seem you know that all kind of gelled up together. But they got it together. You know, even though they finished second in their district, but they they just fought and fought and fought. And when they finally got the third opportunity to get down with, with Dripping Springs, you know, they took care of business. But like I said, they just ran into a team that had a three-headed monster up front, you know, that, right. you know, was, then it's, it's tough to stop a team that has a has balanced scoring. You know, you can't key on just one because if you can't one, the other one's going to hurt you and so forth. So, you know, but, you know, kudos to Grapevine. Like I said, now they have an opportunity, you know, to win, to win it. And, but it's going to be a Metroplex final, and it's going to be tough because they're going to have to face a team that's had yeah. – the more of a tradition, even though they're the schools are a lot younger than Grapevine, right? That's been, been there a little bit more. Yeah, it'll be two two teams that are definitely familiar with each other, so uh, it should make for a great final. Uh, once again, congrats to Bernie Champion Chargers as well, and Coach Coach Walters on a great season. So that'll be uh, the five A girls final again, eleven a.m. on Saturday, April sixteenth. Frisco Wakeland versus Frisco Wakeland Wolverines versus the Grapevine Mustangs. And that will be the first match of the four 5A and 6A finals slated for Saturday there at Brucklebach. So, all right. So we move on to game three of the day. The, uh, the main event, even though it was kind of sandwiched right in the middle, right? We're going to call it the main event here. The 4A girls final uh, between Salina and Midlothian Heritage. Uh, initial thoughts going into this one. Uh, this is the one everyone was expecting, you know. It was like your 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 thriller in Manila right here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you have your two your two big giants, 
I mean, they've been all they've been consistent. Like I said, one's been the state champ. That was is their state champ. The other one, you know, didn't get the job done last year, but they were on a mission. You know, they wanted to show, hey, you know, you know, we're here. We're, we're going to establish ourselves as as a dominant power in four A girls soccer. But like I said, they had the challenges. Can you knock off the defending champ? And uh, what a game, you know, <laughs> today that they had and. Shame that this game was not the last game, and it should have been the last game. To me, should have been the last game. And, and imagine it was the last game, and having a nightcap with that game. Who know, you know, probably the PKs would have been just finished a few minutes ago, and so forth. So yeah, yeah. Going into this one, I know I spoke, uh, and in speaking with, uh, with uh, you know some some coaches earlier in the day today. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know I, I told him this this match has the potential to be the match of the entire weekend, right? Of the entire week of championship week, and uh, it can, boy did it not disappoint. We ended it. We got an all timer here. Um, I think who I was telling you about the uh, Star Star Telegram reporter. It covers soccer. Brian Gossett, who who he put it. I know in one of his posts on Twitter that he mentioned that. Hey, I've covered a lot of soccer games, and this is one of the absolute best I've ever seen. And they, he just said they delivered one for the ages, and that's that's exactly what I would call. It. I'd call it, yeah, it was just an, an all time great match, a, a mm-hmm. classic, instant classic, whatever you want to call it. But it was that it did not it exceeded the hype, and it was the one that we were talking about yesterday, right? That we said it's like would not obviously that more than not shock us, but we anticipated that this was going to probably be one of those that ends up going to penalties and and sure enough how it how it happened was the was the dramatic part right because you know you have salina strikes first they take the lead and they go into the half uh they go into the half up two to one and that is territory that midlothian heritage is not used to being in right so uh and then it just it turned into this as the match unfolded it turned into this the Taylor Zadruski and the Jules Burroughs show for both Salina and uh, Midlothian Heritage, respectively, because they were putting on a show, right? They were put, it was, this was, even though the game ended, finished four to four going into penalties after regulation and overtime, the, def- the, def- the defenses were having to put in a lot of work against two great players that were shining on the big stage and Taylor Zadruski and, and Jules Burroughs uh, for both teams um, both finished with two goals apiece, um, and then shout out Taylor Zadruski ends up being named the uh, state final MVP. But uh, so how it plays out from there, it kind of goes back and forth. Um, we see Salina with the lead three to two late in the match, and then uh, late in the match with I want to say I think it was about four minutes left, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Midlothian Heritage uh, Jules Burrows wins a penalty. And they're able to convert. Uh, they're or not. They don't initially convert, but they're they're able to finish on the putback to make the game uh, to send the game in overtime three three at that point. Uh, and now you can kind of sense it that maybe Salina had let the match had let it get away, right? Like momentum maybe is now clearly shifted in the direction of Midlothian Heritage. And then uh, that's kind of exactly what ended up happening, where we see what you immediately see in that first overtime is another penalty is awarded uh, to Midlothian Heritage that's called on Salina, and they're able to convert on that. And uh, next thing you know, all of a sudden, for the first time in the game, late in the first overtime, 
Midlothian Heritage has the lead. Yeah, and like I said, that it was like, like I said, it was like a heavyweight fight. I hit you, you hit me back, you know, <laughs> and it was, you know, I do this, you do that, and what, you know, you got to give it to Salina to normal, you know, to lose a, I guess say, you know, to have the lead and then lose it, you know, get it tied at the regulation and then, and then to be behind, you know, in the overtime, you know, a lot of teams will fall apart. You know, they, they, you know, they won't, they can't recover, but some way, somehow they found a way to get that fourth goal to tie it up, to send it, to send it to, um, to overtime. I mean, to a penalty kicks. And I think they were very confident in their goalkeeper that, you know, they could, she could stop because she had been doing really well. She's one of them, you know, being a freshman, <laughs> being one of the top keepers, right. you know, uh, you know, that confidence going in that, Hey, we can win this in, in PKs. And because like I said, they're a very offensive team. They're a more offensive team than, uh, than heritage. And they felt, okay, well, we probably have the better uh, PK kickers than they, and they do. And, and I think what maybe hurt also, you know, heritage is because they did PKs, to score those two PKs, you know, right. their keeper already for kind of figured them out. Timing, you know, not preparation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. It's a great point. Yeah. Very good point. So then, so Midlothian Heritage takes the lead four to three. And then Salina responds on a great play, great pass from Zadruski to Buchanan to put it away. And turns out, you know, uh, Midlothian Heritage had the lead for, I think, all of about six minutes, six to eight minutes. Next thing you know, so we're, we find ourselves tied late in the se second overtime and we're going to penalties. And what ultimately ended up being the difference in that in that first uh, or in that shootout, I should say, was the first save go uh, being made by the Salina goalkeeper and Caitlin Gustafson. So uh, that that was ultimately the difference. Uh, she gets that she gets that initial save. Now all that pressure, uh, that pressure is squarely on Midlothian heritage and there is something to be said that you know Midlothian heritage we we don't want to we don't want to speculate we weren't sure if it was an injury or what was what was going on but um their their starting goalkeeper their stud goalkeeper and Taylor and uh uh Sorensen she was uh she was not in the match uh for the for the penalties um, so not quite sure we, again, we can't speculate if it was an injury, injury related, but, uh, going into those overtimes as well, uh, one of their key defenders, rather right, key center backs in Paisley, Paisley Mabra for, uh, Midlothian heritage was also out for the match after being, you know, she was, she was struck by, by a ball in the face. And, uh, so yeah, so Midlothian heritage was, they were trying, they were doing it, everything they could to to keep everything together because, and as you would expect a team that a champion, a state champion, they were hanging in there, they were holding their own. And uh, so, yeah. So, so a number of factors were kind of, were, were unfolding as we went into overtime initially. And then when the, when the shootout, when the penalty shootout occurred. Uh, and like I said, losing those two players really, I think probably was the difference because, you know, when you went in with, you know, they have a backup keeper that's, that's just a freshman. And maybe that, you know, didn't have that much experience as far as, you know, play, get, you know, game time. And also, you know, that normally when you do go to a shootout, you're not going to put your backup keeper unless they're, they're your 
your goalkeeping specialist, you know, then you put them in. But yeah, she, and I'm sure she was real nervous about this, you know, going in. And you know, it's a tall task. Of, can you stop shots? You know, you know, out of the five shots, how many can you stop? And I think also losing, you know, your key defender, you know, you know, if she had stayed in the game, you know, they could have probably ended up holding on to that lead into overtime and won by, you know, by a goal. So, and, right. you know, hopefully she's all right. It'll usually if she get take a shot in the face, you know, she may have gotten a concussion and she couldn't probably could because right. protocol, you know, you know, we don't want to send players back in. So, so those two keys are pretty much, I'm going to say doom heritage, but it, it, it kind of re- Reduce their chances to to really to repeat a, a, as champions. Right, you're right. If you're you know if you're Coach Love there and you're just one of you, it's obviously the it's already heightened. You mm-hmm. you know you're playing in a state final and then you're get you're having all this adversity thrown thrown at you in you know in the moment right in the heat of the moment. So you know shout out to that they you know congratulations to Midlothian Heritage on an outstanding season. They you know they defended their title well. You know they 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 sh- they definitely did, and they gave us a an incredible performance. Even a, in a in a in a losing, a, you know they went down, but they went down fighting. And uh, also, you know, so nothing. They should hold their heads up high. They gave an outstanding performance. They they gave Salina, it. They it basically it took Salina everything they had to to come out on top on this one. And uh, you know. Again, Paisley, uh, Paisley Maybro, who's a, I know also a big supporter of the podcast and, uh, you know, a big listener of ours. We hope you're getting well. We hope everything's okay. I know you did mention that you'd, you'd be just fine. So we hope you're resting and recovering and uh, hope all is, uh, hope all is well. But congratulations to Midlothian Heritage on a great season. They finished the season 21, 4, and 3. And congratulations to the Salina Bobcats. They finished the season 28, 1, and 1. And they are your 2022 4A girls state champion. Congratulations! So, so we move on to game. What was gonna, was game four of the day? The first one in the evening. The uh, of the uh, 5A 5A boys semifinal uh, between the Dripping Springs Tigers and the Katie Jordan uh, Warriors. Thoughts going into this one. Thoughts on this one, Coach. Yeah, well, you had a team that, you know, that did well here in Region 4, which is Grouping Springs Boys. They had a great season. They won a district title. And they knocked off a really good, and that was probably one of the favorites to maybe make, make state, uh, you know, Bronzeville Porter. And, they, like I said, they took care of business there. And, you know, they're coming into a, you know, a little bit more experience than Katie Jordan because Katie Jordan is, is a, like a first-year program, like a new program. You know, just opened the, recent, the school recently, and so you know it was a battle of experience with youth, youth, you know, and you know where we're gonna, you know, what you know what was gonna tip the scale on there was the youthful team that's on a mission to win, you know, gonna overtake the team that's you know been been you know, like, like you know experienced the last year because like Dripping Springs boys last year they were just as good too they just fell a little short, but. You know, you know, we weren't sure how this was going to turn out, but it, it was a great game too. And I know it's a little one side on one as far as the, sh- the shooting, but you know, you got to give it to you know, goes to Katie Teller. You know, they held their. I mean, Katie uh, Jordan, they really held their, held their own. Yeah, and you know, so this was clearly this was the opposite, <laughs> the opposite of what we had in the in the girls' four A final, right where. 
uh, where that one was fireworks, eight goals plus, you know, plus penalties. This one was, you know, a true defensive battle. Uh, teams had opportunities, obviously, but a true defensive battle. And uh, Dripping Springs, Adam Knutson is uh, able to capitalize and put away the what ended up being the game-winning goal in the 71st minute. You know, so here you are now, nine minutes remaining, and now Katie Jordan's trying to make something happen. And they have in the last five minutes, they had two, you know, two great opportunities, and uh, you know, one one hit the post. Uh, un- unfortunate, unlucky, right? And then the other one ends up being uh, Dripping Springs goalkeeper Jackson Swanson's uh, what was on his his only save of the match, right? As he he came out on a breakaway, gets big and makes a basically what what was a, a game a game clinching save, you know. So shout out to uh, Jackson Swanson, uh, but that one save was critical. It came inside of the last, I believe it was the last two minutes, and. Uh, yeah, and that that was that was the difference as Dripping Springs wins it one uh, zero over the Katie Jordan Warriors. A special shout out, you know, we love goalkeepers here, right? We talk about it all the time. It's like we we love goalkeepers here, and uh, you know, a special shout out to Katie Jordan goalkeeper and Elijah Bencourt with an incredible performance and had save or seven uh, seven uh, saves. Some of them that were just absolutely incredible saves and. Did, uh, did his part in being able to give his team the opportunity to not only stay in the game, but tie it uh, late, late in the game. So uh, yeah, just like you said, you know, Katie Jordan uh, new new on the uh, new, new kid on the block, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and so we know they're only going, we know they are only going to get better. Uh, so they finished the season, you know, 18, seven and two. So congratulations, congratulations, I should say to, the Katie Jordan Warriors on a great season and in making the state tournament and now Dripping Springs, Dripping Springs advances uh, to Saturday's 5A boys final, which is slated for approximately 1.30 PM. They're at Berkelbach and they will face the winner of our next match here that we are going to talk about. And we talk about the final match of the evening here between team that I know a lot of people were rooting for a lot of people. They were the, maybe the last Feel good story, right? Of the tournament in Fort Worth, Fort Worth Trimble Tech representing Fort Worth ISD as they came in 23 3 and 3 on the season versus the the perennial power, the one who has really owned 5A for probably the last what they're what six years, five, six, years five, six years in the Frisco Wakeland Wolverines at 22 4 and 1. So going into this one, what were your thoughts? Well, Frisco Wakeland had. A really crazy season because they didn't win their district title, and you know, and a lot of people kind of wrote, were trying to already write them off, especially because they lost to Lone Star twice, and they're like when they faced them in the final again, they're like, well, that's probably going to be it. And I think I think they found a way to win because they have that experience. Like I said, they created a like I said, they created a dynasty. Uh, they've got them. This is their sixth straight appearance in state, and you know, that that just shows you the tradition, coaching staff, you know, they know how to get around a lot of these things. And so going into this game, you know, they were the there are the they were the favorite. But then in the back of the mind, I said, you have this Trimble Tech team that, like I said, really nobody knew about or talked about. And, you know, they you know, 
Fort Worth I's, uh, Fort Worth IZ is not really known for their soccer, even though they did have a state finalist last year, and you know Dami Hill Jarvis, which kind of kind of opened the door for you know Fort Worth ISD because when I read an article about how a lot of their teams have gone to the second round, but they've gone two teams now into you know to to the state tournament, so right. it was basically it was like I said it was like an underdog versus a you know your perennial powerhouse. You know what, what was going to happen in this game. You know, was Trimble Track going to do pull probably the biggest upset? You know, and, and, you know, just as big as the one with the Bernie Girls with, with Dripping Springs, or is Wakeland going to? All right, we're going to get take care of business and get into the final again to defend our title. Yeah, yeah, and so this one and this one played out pretty interesting. You know, Wakeland Wakeland takes the lead. 1-0, uh, takes the initial lead, gets gets the first goal, takes the lead 1-0 in the fifth minute. And I know the the initial thought was like, okay, here we go. It's going to be it's gonna be a long day, right, or a long night, and um, the perennial power is going to run away from the uh, Fort Worth ISD team. But no, I just – Trimble Tech, you know, brought brought the intensity. They were, they were more than just hanging in there defensively. They created, you know, they had their first good look, I think about maybe 12 minutes in another really, really great opportunity about 15 minutes. in. so you knew that there was going to, there were, they were going to be able to generate some scoring opportunities, some scoring chances to the point where uh, Wakeland was going to have to have to, they were going to have to be on it. They were going to have to stay honest, right. And respect, respect their counter capability. And cause they could, cause they could score quickly. They could get up the field quickly. So, and then, Three minutes before halftime, uh, Daniel uh, Daniel Gutierrez breaks through, gets gets that goal for Trimble Tech. We go into the, uh, we go into the half tied uh, tied at one. What uh, what do you think there is happening? Uh, the coaches because you got you got one team that's never really been there before, and then you got one team that is maybe considered not not their prototypical top level team, but they've been there plenty of times in terms of culture. What do you think is going through their minds? What do you think coaches are saying uh, at that point at halftime tied one, one? I think Trimble Trek felt really good about this. Cause when you normally, like you mentioned, you give up, give up a goal early. You're probably thinking, Oh, this is going to be a long one. We're going to end up getting routed, but it didn't phase them. And they came back, fought back, got, the, you know, just they got the equalizer and they probably, like I said, they felt like, hey, here's here's an opportunity for us. You know, no one gives us a chance. If we can get we can get the lead, and who, who knows, you know, maybe that affect Wakeland's, uh, you know, psyche. You know, you know, start putting doubt on them, and we can pull we can pull one of the biggest upsets. And Wakeland, like I said, they, I'm sure they like, hey, you know, we better get it going. We better get it together um, because this team can beat us. You know, they. They equalize and they have the talent. You know, if we don't do something, we're gonna end up going home <laughs> a little bit early. So, right. you know, those those were the scenarios. And like I said, Wakeland kind of played with their back on the corner, but you know, like I said they they were able to find a way and get that second goal. And then, you know, the third goal that was off the PK, and like I said, that pretty much sealed the deal. You know, for for them. You know, and like I said. Trimble Tech just wasn't able to get anything, you know, kind of get anything in that second half. To, I think had they taken the lead, I think they probably would have ended up winning that game because I think would Wakeland would have I think really hit the panic button and and that would have elevated Trimble Trek a little more to probably you know maybe the score would have been 
the other way around, maybe three to one, Trimble Tech, you know, had they scored, you know, scored that second one. So, right. But right. I guess hey, kudos to Wakeland because that experience helped them. And you say, hey, you know, we've been yeah. in these situations before. You know, I'm, I'm sure they've been in tied or down in the half in other games in the past six years. And they didn't panic and they just took, they were just went on their business and were able to get those two goals. And, and, and now they're in the final again. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And and that does there is something to be said for that, right? When when we talk about it so much here on the show in terms of pedigree, culture, right? Having been there before, recognizing the moment. Again, this just as you said, this is this is a Frisco Wakeland squad that didn't win their district. And yet here they are, you know, they are they're 80 minutes away from winning another state title, right? So mm-hmm. um so yeah, so one one coming out of the second half. Ryan Greener from Wakeland is able to score one with about ten minutes left off of uh, off of a build up kind of off of a uh, in transition, puts it away. Ten minutes left, and you kind of get the sense like, okay, this this might have been enough to seal it. Even though uh, Trimble Tech is still pushing, right? They're trying to push, trying to make something happen, obviously. And then uh, penalty is called, and. Uh, Brennan uh, Brennan Bezdek is able gets his second one of the day. He converts the converts the penalty, and uh, finish finishes with two uh, two goals on the day for uh, for the Wolverines, and that that seals it. Final score being Frisco Wakeland three, Fort Worth Trimble Tech one. So uh, so congratulations uh, to uh, to the Bulldogs, uh, Fort Worth Trimble Tech. They finished the season twenty three four four and three. Um, just tremendous effort. And just as you said, it, it's great to see another Fort Worth ISD team break through, make the state tournament. And I think, and they're knocking on the door, you know, now you're starting to see it again. So would I be shocked if we see it again next year? No. And, uh, you know, just like Diamond Hill Jarvis last year, who, who ultimately ended up falling in the, uh, in the state final mm-hmm. to, uh, to an incredibly talented, what could be one of the most talented, uh, one of the most dominant teams we've seen in Ber- in the Bernie boys who could seal their destiny possibly tomorrow, but we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. But uh, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I know there was like a, a, a comment made, um, I know with Brian, like I said, we're talking about the, about the game, you know, there was a comment sent to him about, you know, how far away this, this, you know, this team, uh, Trimble Trek really represented well, you know, and, just like I said, there was a comment. I think I was quoting from Twitter, like said, so and the last, like I mentioned, they mentioned about the last two years, they've had five, the five A teams and four SD have made it to the second round with two finalists. You know, this is not this is like I said. He mentioned like this is not a major select club team. You know, right. a lot of these kids that are not playing in the club soccer level, and for them to make it this far, because we know we know Wakeland is probably a heavily dominated. Oh yeah. A club soccer team because their high schools right across from Toyota Field. Okay. So, you know, they're most of them are probably playing for FC Dallas and Fort Worth ISD. You know, those kids may not have those opportunities to be playing at that high level during the offseason, but that just shows them how they went through that gauntlet for that region one just to get to this point. And, and hopefully, like I said, this is all just the beginning for that district to really start sending more teams deeper into the playoffs and so forth. And I know, I know with, with the USL moving to Fort Worth next year, hopefully that'll help 
those kids there, you know, getting opportunities to play higher level competition and so forth. So, like I said, just kudos, like I said, that comment I read there on, on Twitter said kudos, you know, I think it was Cesar Espinosa, Espinosa mentioned that. But, yeah. you know, awesome. it's kudos to, to, you know, like I said, to Trimble Tech. And like I said, we haven't seen the last of them. I think I think they're going to, they, they've built the foundation. Hopefully they'll move forward and able to, to do some good things. Yeah. Yeah. So, that that wraps up our uh, that that was our last match of the day and congratulations again to Frisco Wakeland Wolverines who are now they advanced to the uh, the five A boys state final versus the Dripping Spring Dripping Springs Tigers which is slated for one thirty p.m. on Saturday April sixteenth again there at Brocklebach um, so before we look at tomorrow coach uh, really quick just thoughts on these two these two 5A matchups for the girls and the boys that we're going to see on Saturday, Saturday first, uh, the Frisco, uh, Frisco Wakeland versus for the girls, Frisco Wakeland versus Grapevine. Uh, this is your typical Metroplex final. I mean, mm-hmm. lots of experience, lots of talent. Um, they've both been there. You know, they've been the staple for 5A for 5A girls soccer the last few years. You know who, who who's gonna? I think it comes down to who wants it more. Uh, you know, you know, you just can't be. Uh, and like I said, these programs are just not satisfied being here. You know, they're they're they're, they're all built around winning state championships. And that's that's the attitude they have, and that's it's a state championship or bust. You know, you know, either you're first. That's <laughs> like Ricky Bobby, either first or you're last. And, and that's the attitude. That these programs have, you know, and I've, uh, I've had way, I've had way too many Ricky Bobby quotes thrown at me this week, man. I gotta say, I gotta say. So yeah, no, you're absolutely right, I, I, and I think this, you know, the, these are two teams that are that know each other uh, pretty well, and also just on the club side, probably club teammates or or they're mm-hmm. familiar with each other, playing against each other on the club side as well. So I think this has all the makings of of a you know of a just a, a heavyweight slugfest. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just depends. Grapevine, uh, you know, we've been talking about them all year. Uh, and shout out to their booster club. That's another booster club that does just phenomenal stuff with promoting them, advocating for them, and giving great, you know, just marketing them and advocating for them on social media and just giving great updates. So, um, but Grapevine's been dangerous like all year. And as as we, as we saw today versus Bernie Champion is once they kind of get on a roll, it's like going downhill with no brakes. You know, they just, they can be scary. They can be scary. And, you know, and, and, and how they can score on you too. I mean, how do you, it's a lot tougher as a coach to prepare for throw-ins. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mentioned, like, what is Wakeling going to do to defend that? Yeah. And how, how can you defend that? You know, because it seems like Grapevine, that's one of their fortes as far as getting, generating offenses. And that, and that caught Bernie off guard. You know, I'm sure, you know, they didn't, maybe didn't see that in their scouting report. Um, I'm sure Wakeland watched the game and, like, I know we need, we got to make sure that we defend this and, or not allow throw ins near our area. That, that's, it's like with right. cases with corner kicks. You know, if the teams are good at set pieces, you're not going to allow them to, you know, you're going to make sure you don't give them set pieces there that can be in danger of scoring on you. So, that's yeah. I think that that could be that can come in as a difference into this game, you know, you know, as far as maybe getting one in, you know, it's going to be a tight game. This could be another classic like Salina and and, and Middle Heritage because these are two heavyweights, 
Just it's just the same now, but we're just in the, the five A level. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And then our final thoughts on our other five A our five A boys finals slated for one thirty on Saturday versus Dripping Springs and also for Skull Wakeland. Uh, what do you uh, What are your thoughts there? Uh, you know, Wakeland's probably going to be going in as the favorite, but the Dripping Spring boys, I think they need to take a page of what they, the girls did last year because last year the girls, they knocked off some pretty good teams to get to win the final. And and I think this year it's kind of like a, like a little mirror image of, mm-hmm. yeah. of that run last year, but this time for the boys – and you know they had a tough one. You know Katie Jordan gave them everything they got, but they were able to squeak by in. And I think Trimble Trek showed uh, Wakeland's not invincible. You know right. they can be hurt. You know and they you know they can be scored on. And you know I think maybe Dripping Springs maybe have a little more talent than Trimble Trimble Tech because you know and maybe that could be the difference to finally knock off that dynasty. You know you know in, in knocking them off on the state title and. And claiming theirs before they move up to six A. Yeah, yeah, no doubt it'll it'll be a great one for sure. It'll be um, we should be in store for some great some great finals on Saturday. So, all right, uh, we start looking ahead to tomorrow. So tomorrow the uh, the big boys the big boys join uh, join the party right as six A finally arrives. They uh, they'll start the day. So again, these games are slated to start at nine thirty noon. 2.35 and 7.30 p.m., all subject to change, obviously, based upon the moment any of these goes into overtime and or penalties. So uh, starting off the day tomorrow, 9.30 a.m., the first 6A girls semifinal, we have Fort Bend Ridgepoint versus Rockwall. Uh, at noon, slated for noon, the second girls 6 6A semifinal between South Lake Carroll and Austin Westlake. That should also be a dandy. And then... We shift gears there in between 6A, and we have the 4A boys final where Bernie, who's looking to make a looking to make a claim as the new the new dynasty that has arrived, right? Uh, the Bernie boys, Bernie Greyhounds, will take on the other Salina, right? Salina looking to have do the double as well, and uh, that one is slated for 2:30 again. That is the 4A boys final, and then after that we'll shift to the two the two evening matches. The with the 6A boys first 6A boys semifinal slated for 5 p.m. between uh, the Woodlands versus uh, Lake Travis Cavaliers. Lake Travis, a team we've seen pretty often this year, and then the final match of the evening, the nightcap uh, in the final 6A boys semifinal between KD7 Lakes and uh, Plano. So, a staple team there in Plano. But uh, thoughts, anything you're looking forward to in terms of tomorrow's matches? I'm looking to see that that Bernie Salana game, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know that that's going to be a great. Uh, I think that's been a year in the making, and I'm sure Salina wants to be a staple in the in the boys' foray soccer. But I, I think Bernie has a has a say, have something to say about that. It's like I don't think they're ready to relinquish that crown, and and like I said, they've been there, and Salina has it, so this is new to them, and. You know, it, it'll be a close game, but I, I think, like I said, I think, you know, don't be surprised if Bernie ends up repeating again because I think they just have that that, that little it factor because, like I said, we've been there, done that. We know what, what to expect, and Salinas, this is new to them. So, and and the, like I said, that moment can get – they can get caught up in that moment and might be a little bit too heavy on their shoulders. So, 
That should be a great game. And another one that's interesting is that South Lake Carroll Austin Westlake game. Yeah, that's yeah. gonna be that's gonna be ver that's that that's that's gonna be a, another heavyweight fight. They're you know they're basically mirror images of each other as far as team you know talent wise, but right. you know who's who's gonna but who's the you know who's gonna be the better one, and you know as far as yeah. flexing their authority, you know I think whoever really dominates as far as dominates the game but takes control their style of play. It's gonna, they're gonna end up winning the game, and like I said, but then you have another team on the other side, like um, Cedar, uh, Cedar Ridge. Is this a city? Yeah, oh, Ridge Points are about that. It's Ridge Point, oh, yeah. yeah. They're the only undefeated team left in Texas. Can they right. finish it off and win these last two and be one of the very few to go undefeated, you know, from from start to finish, you know? And, and I think they have it, they got it, they got their hands full with Rockwall, so. That'll be like I said. That's gonna be another game, and then Lake Travis. Uh, they've been like I said. The, can they finish the job? They yeah. they finally broke through, but you got it. They got to play a team that they beat once. But yeah, it's a very trick. It's a tricky one for them. Yeah, yeah. And this Woodlands are probably won't, they're gonna want revenge, and and they and they've probably been circling that game for them for a while and. This is that's this is going to be a dog fight, and then the other game, Seven Lakes and Plano. Uh, I'm going to give the that one a little edge to Plano because I think they've played a little tougher route because they had to beat some really good teams, you know, and you know, and and I guess not not to put put the but now in case on Katie Seven Lakes because Katie Seven Lakes isn't a tough district too, but I think Plano has had to run through a, a tougher gauntlet, but that but that game is going to be a, a good one too as well, and. It can go either way, but I'm going to give the edge on a little bit on Plano on that one. Yeah, I think I think we're in store for fireworks tomorrow for sure. I think, you know, we start in that 4A boys final, Bernie, Salina, two teams that can score, and they can score a lot fast. So, But there are also two teams that defend really well, so something has to give, right? Something has to give in this game. Uh, you, you talk about pedigree, culture, and, you know, Coach Strong, how he just – how in terms of the mentality – uh, with Bernie, I would, I just, I give them the edge there. Uh, but like I said, it's like, um, Salina's not just going to lay down and just because Bernie's the defending state champion, they're still going to have to show up. And I know coach strong will have them ready with that. But I think that, you know, you talk about that South Lake Carroll, Austin Westlake matchup, South Lake Carroll has the firepower, you know, they're led by one of their young stars, freshman Kennedy Fuller, who's also, uh, been called up with uh, with the U.S. Youth National Team, and an Austin Westlake team that has just quietly been taking care of business. And they got they got good. They went from good to really good at the right time. Right, they started peaking at the right time. So that's that's a that should make for a great matchup. And then Rich Point. You know, you talk about Rich Point in that Houston Dallas matchup with Rockwall, where. Uh, I don't think there's a team in 6A that probably, boys or girls for that matter, that probably has a bigger chip on their shoulder from last year to this year than maybe Ridgepoint after being being bounced in the playoffs so early last season when you were one of the favorites. Uh, so, yeah, so they still have a lot to prove. They're not done yet as well. So so a lot of intriguing matchups. And then we talk about, you know, we talk about Lake Travis's, and that's the question, right? It's like, can they finish it now? Can they finish it? They got a tricky matchup to, uh, tomorrow versus the Woodlands and a team that they've already seen and a team that they know is going to be a lot better than they saw them back on January 13th 
So it'll be a different story uh, as well. So some phenomenal matchups in store tomorrow. Uh, so again, that'll be five games tomorrow. Six A girls semifinals start off the day at nine thirty and noon. Two thirty, approximately two thirty, is the four A boys final, and then the other pair of six A semifinals for the boys in the evening. So it'll be a great one, and we'll be here to join you after uh, about thirty minutes or so after the last match of the evening. So uh, great stuff, uh, great stuff again, Rafa. Final thoughts? Uh, just like I said, looking forward to tomorrow. Like I said, there's some great, excellent games and. We'll have a, uh, like I said, we'll find out who will be our 4A state champs for the boys, and we'll find out who plays the last, you know, the last few games for the season with the 5A, you know, the 5A boys and girls and the 5A and the 6A boys and girls. So, like I said, Saturday we'll have the last, very last four games of the soccer season wrapping things up since we started back in early, early, early uh, November. Oh, well, actually, November, actually, uh, early December. You know, for the season, you know, for the season. So, this has been a long one, but it's been it's been <laughs> exciting. You know, a lot of it's been like I said, we've seen a lot of surprises and a lot of, <laughs> you know, so, some disappointments. You know, you know, yeah. but it, but that's what the that's what soccer is all about. You know, it's you see it in the pros and you see it in college, and but it's just what you live for. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we're done seeing the surprises yet by any means either. So, uh, so buckle up because we still got uh, we still got another two days to go. So, uh, this has been awesome. Thank you again for our listeners, our supporters. Uh, continue, uh, continue to DM us, continue to message us, continue to listen. Again, you can also listen to the audio uh, podcast version on all major platforms. Give us a rating; uh, we'd appreciate it. That helps bump us up as well um so and for many of our listeners that have already done that that have been doing that thank you so much for all the great uh, all the great pub all the great love we appreciate that somehow some way we've managed to we've we're being listened to in 11 countries don't ask me how that happened but it sounds cool so i like to share that so you're the reason why we do it thank you and again congratulations to all of today's winners congratulations and crowning a new state champion today in the uh 4a girls uh, salina bobcats uh, as well as to uh, the runner-up in Midlothian Heritage Jaguars. Uh, and again, all our teams that uh, that whose season also ended uh, today, uh, we're all, that's the thing, this is the tournament of champions, right? You have to be a regional, you're already a champion and a regional champion to arrive here. So, um, so yeah, some great performances today. So looking forward to it. We'll come back. We'll see you again in about 24 hours time. So for Rafa, again, uh, thank you for everything, for our listeners, our supporters. You know what to do. Until the next time, keep downloading. You've been listening to the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, 